privacy policy in terms and conditions posted at textplan.us. Texting and rules for occurring automated text marketing messages. Message and data rates may apply. Reply stop, opt out. The pandemic has been hard on all our kids. New studies show more than one in three children who started school in the pandemic now need intensive reading help. That's right. Millions of kids in kindergarten through third grade in the United States cannot read at grade level. Here's the good news. Your child can be reading in just 30 days, guaranteed, with Hooked on Phonics. Even if your child has been struggling, Hooked on Phonics will teach your child to read in just 30 days, guaranteed. And right now, you can get started for just $1. Text the word GRADE to 323232 right now. Hooked on Phonics is highly effective and incredibly fun. And everything can be done right from home and in less than 20 minutes a day. For more than 30 years, Hooked on Phonics has been the proven learn-to-read program that kids love to use. Text GRADE to 323232 and teach your child to read in just 30 days, guaranteed. Text GRADE to 323232 right now and get started for just $1. Text GRADE to 323232 now. Text GRADE to 323232. Lucky Land Slots, asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This is producer Mike, and you're listening to Crossing the Streams with Rob and Cody. And now, without further ado, here's Rob and Cody. (laughs) Okay, that was pretty cool. Well, welcome to our debut episode of Crossing the Streams. I am Rob Mahoney. And I am Crippled Cody, as always. And welcome to, like I said, our debut episode. This is going to be a little different from both me and Cody's other shows. Uh, it's going to be a little hybrid, a little bit all over the place, but uh, that's the way we like it, don't we? Yeah, definitely. Um, this show is definitely going to be a lot more about talking about the things that we're into in life, not so much talking about ourselves um, as much. I'm sure there'll be a little bit of talk about ourselves here and there, talking about our past memories with entertainment products that this be the subjects of our episodes but other than that we're not going to talk too much about our personal demons and shit like that like we would on some of the other shows that we're a part of but um i must say that's an interesting intro for our show at least for the debut edition uh have you seen that before no i haven't that was uh that was pretty that it was better than i actually expected <laughs> right that makes yeah. If there's one complaint I always had on Tales from the Crips, my other show, is that the goddamn intro's too long. Yeah. It's and, way too long. Yeah. And uh, well, Mike did tell me that he was going to do the uh, for more information. He's like, I don't care what he says. That's fine. I don't care. Well, you know what it is, and I'll I'll jump into that real quick here before we jump into our, tonight's topics. I I asked Mike on our show, Tales from the Crips, to not do that that thing because to me that feels more like an outro like when the episode's ending then you tell everyone you know for more info go to ravenredradio.com it just feels like a more like a bookend you know to to an episode um and plus our show over on saturday nights every weekend because we have to fucking do that show every single week for two hours um we also have a warning psa that comes across uh, for those of you that don't know, we have to have a warning PSA because I am very unapologetically socially unacceptable uh, on that show. Um, I say a lot of bad things that I won't be saying on this show, so everything everyone can calm down. Um, but yeah, so you have the warning PSA, then you had the and then you had the intro. You had basically three different versions of an intro. And I, it, it was just too bloated, I thought. So I asked them to take that one out of that. Um, and it, two is good. So, But this show won't have a cold open. And so there's no problem with having his little for more info intro and then our intro. So it's no problem. Yeah, I was going to ask you about that with, with, with the cold uh, opening. That would, be, that would be three, like you said. And, uh, but unlike like my show, is more uh, Father Mahoney's House of Horrors. We mostly talk just plain horror, and that's it. 
but like you said, we're going to talk about the things that we like instead of just um, talking about ourselves, talking more about the movies, talk about the wrestlings, talk about whatever whatever topics are even in the news sometimes. I mean, we're not going to get political, but, you know, there's other things going on in the news besides politics. When we say news, we mean news articles such as from respectable websites such as bloodydisgusting.com, Dread yes. Central, and others such as that. Not, not real news that's going on in the world. That's for all yeah. you pussy bitch about us elsewhere. Here we talk about entertainment. Yep, that's strictly entertainment, all entertainment, all the time. So, Rob, we are both horror movie fans, obviously. Yep. And we are also both wrestling fans. So, I thought on the debut edition of our show, we could maybe start out with a little horror movie talk. Maybe we could talk about some of our favorite franchises, maybe a franchise in specific um, and then maybe, you know, top it all off, we can do a little bit of wrestling talk at the end of the show. Um, tell me, uh, you sent me a, a trailer to watch uh, yesterday. What was yeah. that trailer called again? 13 Fanboy. It's, uh, but it's an independent horror movie, but it's going to the big screens and everything. It's supposed to be released the 22nd, I believe, of October. Um, and it's, it's basically like a, a quick synopsis. It's um, an obsessed fan that um, was abused as a child. And uh, because he had no family to uh, call real, real family, he connected to all these horror characters in Friday the 13th and Halloween and other horror movies. And he, he, he sent them all like fan letters back in the day when that was like the, the cool thing. And none of them responded. So now he's obsessed on getting revenge on for them not being there for him, just like his real family was. You know, it, it may not be the most original um, idea, but it definitely is effective because what horror movie fan can't relate to that? Yeah, I mean, because I, I grew up, uh, like when I was 12 years old, I saw my first horror movie and it was Halloween, ironically. And... Uh, <laughs> You know, I, I connected with these because I had a rough childhood. So, like, when I wanted to get away from my childhood, I escaped into the movies. Uh, so, right. like, I, I, I thought of these people, not, I mean, not like, like this guy, I think of them as family, but I thought of these guys as, like, my escape in life. Right. I completely agree with you on that. I, growing up, and actually still to this day, I took it one step further in the sense of, I would always explain to people like the reason my entertainment world means so much to me is because when I was growing up and, and again, still to this day, I didn't really have too many people to look up to. My family is kind of shit people for the most part. Um, my parents are not respectable human beings. Um, and at that time in my teenage years, I had yet to really make any friends. So I, I kind of viewed, you know, the wrestlers that I would see on TV every Monday night and, you know, the characters and the actors and, and movies that I enjoyed watching, they were kind of my, my heroes. Yeah. Um, and that, that's how I coped with getting through, you know, middle school, high school and beyond. And even still to this day, I always tell people, you know, if, if wrestling is live, if it's on, I'll call you back, you know, after it's over. Yeah. Because, I've always explained to people, like, if you truly let go of what makes you, you, then you, you let go a little bit of your happiness. Um, and that's how I see it. So I, I agree with you. Like, it's, uh, it's a powerful drug, but if, you know, as long as you deal with it the right way, it, it, it won't harm you. Yeah. Um, I, I, I agree there. Unlike the serial killer and uh, this uh, movie that's coming up. You know, this trailer did, it really intrigued me. Am I alone in thinking that when the killer was talking, did, did it sound like Dustin Rhodes to you? A, a little bit, yeah. It did sound like Dustin Rhodes thinking about wrestlers, but yeah, it did. It, he sounded like back when he was doing his uh, Black Rain uh, character in TNA. Do you remember that? Yeah, very vaguely, but yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, I knew it wasn't Dustin Rhodes, though. I, I probably I would have heard about that if that was the case. But then again, I didn't know Dustin Rhodes was in. Um, oh, what's that movie on Shutter? Um, fuck it, it lost me. 
the, the the title of that movie on Shutter. I know it'll pop up in my head half an hour from now, and I'll just blur it out. <laughs> There's this movie on Shutter. It's um, it's like an anthology film, and it's set in like a uh, a video store actually. Um, and and it's just it's it's humorous. It it pokes fun at almost every trope in the horror genre, and my only complaint with the movie is that it has one too many stories. Uh, so it's a little too long. It, it probably should have been just a little bit shorter. But uh, yeah, I'll remember the name of that movie here in just a minute. Um, we have someone in our uh, chat room now, uh, Carrie Yates. Do you know yep. your friends? Yeah, uh, Carrie says uh, a huge thank you for, you know what, uh, uh, four people that will be so happy when, you, when they get up. Uh, no problem, Carrie. Um, and she also says, music and movies are a good escape. I agree totally with that. Yes, I, I, I was never, I've never really big in, been big into move or excuse me, into music. But that's just me. Uh, I understand music is an amazing thing for most people. I completely understand that. Yeah. Um, I don't. You know, before we move away from you know independent films and move on to another subject. I, I feel like I asked you this off camera the other day, but I'll ask you here on the show. Um, yeah. Have you heard of a uh, another Kane Hodder movie called Knife Corp? I've heard of it, but I, I honestly I um, I don't know like what anything about it about it is. So. Um, it's basically about this this company that sells knives, and they have these young adults uh, go into a neighborhood to kind of sell people on the knives and you know, there's a few people in it the, the, the tiffany Shepis, i think her name is she's in it yeah. i yeah. think i think felicia rose is her name i think she's in it as well and kane hodder's in it um and they don't you don't really get too much of a of a big time background on kane hodder but just enough to know that he was like kind of like a, maybe a, like a war veteran of some type that came out with ptsd uh you know what i mean like that type of thing and yeah. he had a daughter that was kind of a, a held captive in a way. And then, you know, then just these kids uh, come up to his door and try to sell him on knives. And, you know, then the, the chaos begins from there. Uh, I don't want to give too much away on it, but I would suggest you try to find it. I don't know if it's on Tubi or one of the free apps. I watched it on Screenbox. And I, well, I, I can, I, after the show, just uh, if you could send me the name again, I'll see where it's streaming. Okay. All right. Um, so speaking of Kane Hodder and, and favorite franchises and all that, let's talk a little bit about the Friday the 13th franchise. Yes. Um, so we can start right from the beginning if you want. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, if we covered all of them in, yeah. in a row, the show would be a lot longer than Tales from the Crypt even is. Um <laughs> Let's go over some of our favorites. And to be completely honest with you, my first favorite one, and it's so weird because when I was growing up, I did not like this one at all. But as an adult, I really do feel like part two is probably the strongest one in the entire franchise. I'm, I'm right there with you. Now, the lead actress, was that Amy Steele? Yes, it was Amy Steele. And speaking of an Amy, we have another Amy talking to us in our chat. Hey, it's okay, Amy. And by the way, thank you for the friend request. I really appreciate it. I'll forgive you for being late this time. <laughs> yeah, Amy, Amy Crouchy, she's, uh, she's pretty awesome. So welcome, Amy, to Crossing the Streams. Yes, thank you for coming. Um, but yes, Amy Steele, out of all the final girls in you know, the Friday the 13th franchise, I'd have to say that, that Amy was probably the best. Oh yeah, and just, uh, what I loved about her character is how she used uh, psychological warfare on uh, Jason. Even before she got to even see Jason, she was talking in the bar about how you know, like how he how he was so. If he had survived, he would be so devastated seeing his mom decapitated, and that's all she had he had in life. So, you know, like she was she was psychologizing him way before she even the ending. Right. Right. Um, God, I just, there's not enough that I can say about that movie. Like it, it really is the perfect thing. Um, really is the perfect, um, sequel. That's what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Um, it, it just, 
don't get me wrong. There's other good ones. I I like shit. I I I, I like a lot of them. Um, I don't know. It, it, part four uh, for some reason I haven't really liked that one as much growing up. Uh, you know, I know everyone just gets a hard on over part four because of what, <laughs> because what's his name's in it? Corey Feldman. Yeah. Yeah, you know, he's in it and he fucks Jason up bad in that movie. Like, don't get me wrong. It, it's part four is a good movie, you know, but um I part two is one of my favorites. Um and then I really like the new blood, and I don't know why, and I get so much shit from you know people like John and even uh and even Mike and all that, but I, I love Jason Takes Manhattan. Yeah. And I, I know the movie could have been better. They could have spent more than 20, 25 minutes in New York. I get that. But the movie is still good to me. It's a fun yeah. popcorn flick. It's a fun movie to put on when your friends are over. Well, you know why you get a lot of shit? It's because uh, everybody always like, oh, that ending. Oh, that ending. With the, he Look, he's a kid again. I can explain this. I can Go explain ahead. why he was a kid. Because when you're, see, when you're seeing him drowning in the toxic, you're seeing it through Rennie's eyes, right? Through the whole movie, what did Rennie see the whole movie? She kept saying, seeing the young Jason, not yeah. the older one. So that when you're seeing Jason as a kid, you're seeing it just through her eyes, not just uh, her boyfriend's. That so makes a lot of sense. That makes yeah. a hell of a lot of sense because he doesn't react. The way she reacts, he just says, "Hey, let's go. Let's let's get yeah. out of the sewers. There's shit in the sewer. Get, let's get out of here." Yeah, right. he is seeing what she's basically been seeing throughout the entire fucking film. Holy shit! Yeah, I, I I, even, I, I, I'm sorry. I I, go, ahead. go ahead. No, you go ahead. You go ahead. <laughs> you go ahead. No. Uh, so yeah, but yeah, every time I hear that argument, oh, oh, how does he turn back into a kid? And blah blah blah. It's like. Jesus, people, could you like get? It's it's like Amy C Amy Steele. I was psychologizing the whole thing. I was psychologizing how how could Jason be a bit uh, a kid again, and that is the theory I keep coming up with is because when you see that that final scene, you're you keep seeing her looking at him, her looking at him, her looking at him, and I'm thinking to myself through the whole movie, all she kept seeing was old visions of when Jason was trying to kill her as a kid. So, yeah. I, you know what? And again, these are Friday the Thirteenth films. Do they really need to be made to make a lot of sense? They really don't. Yeah, and I think uh, people sometimes read too much into that. Well, like, how did? Here's another one. How did Jason get from Crystal Lake to the Atlantic Ocean? Who cares? <laughs> um, I, I don't know. I, you know, like in Part Eight. He obviously took the boat, you know, kind of with them to go to get to, uh, you know, to Manhattan. At least that's the way I saw it. But then again, they didn't show that. Yeah. So I don't know. It's just there's certain things that you don't really need an explanation on. You know, it's just they're just fun horror movies. Yeah. I, um, I think sometimes sometimes people read too much into it. It's like one person told me, well, who, who taught him how to drive a boat? And I'm like, well, who taught Michael to drive a fucking car in Halloween? So, right, right, one of the orderly. <laughs> yeah. Um, Amy says that she also enjoys part three of Friday the Thirteenth. Yes, part three is fun. Um, and even with the outdated 3D gimmick that you know is very present in the film, it's still a fun movie. I, I enjoy the characters of part three. Um, I did too. I mean, and part three is is you know synonymous with the beginning of the hockey mask obviously so part three is a very very important entry um I, you know but again like after part two amy Steele, who was the girl that did uh the final girl in part three that was uh oh god you come dana kimmel okay yeah. She, don't get me wrong. All the rest of the girls did a great job. You know, if there is one other person that you know was a strong had a strong presence in the Friday the Thirteenth films that never made a return was the the guy who played the kid Reggie from Part Five. Yes, uh, Shabai Ross. Yeah, um, he did a great job. I mean, he did. You know, he did. I thought he shined more than. Corey fucking Feldman did in part four, but that's just me. 
You know, he, the, the irony that you brought his name up, uh, Reggie, the Reggie the Reckless. I actually just messaged him, the the, the actor, because um, we, me and a couple of buddies were talking about uh, what what fan films that we could do and uh, what alumni would like reprise their role. So I I messaged him just out of the whim. I was like, Hey, would you ever reprise the role of Reggie the Reckless and and come conquer Jason again? Oh, because I know it wasn't Jason, but. Uh, you know, doing a, a a fan film, and he goes, absolutely not. <laughs> oh, he actually responded back to you. He did. What like because uh, you, you don't see him in like any documentaries, any interviews. What do you think he just kind of regretted being a part of the Friday the Thirteenth franchise? No, I think he was in uh, the Crystal Lake Memories. I believe he was in that. Oh, was he in that? Okay. Yeah, uh, that but. Was- uh, that was a two-day-long documentary. I didn't have time to watch all of it. Sorry, but I know that he's uh, very like you know he's very religious now, and uh, so maybe that's his reasoning that he wouldn't want to go back to that. But ask ask your spaghetti monster Jesus H fucking Christ us uh, for forgiveness. Okay, that's all you gotta do. Jesus, <laughs> exactly. just a- I agree. Um, <laughs> um, <laughs> Real quick, I want to go back to part two. I, I by, the, by the way, I am a father, so you could you could like repent your sins to me. So, yeah, Father Mahoney, we got him right here, right here on our show. It's his show. It's my show. It's both of our show. Just ask us for forgiveness. We'll forgive you. Um, I want to go back to part two just for a couple of minutes though, because I, I don't want to skim past this. Um, being disabled. Uh, one of my first memories of being able to accept seeing another disabled people, a person in like a movie or TV show was Friday the 13th part two. Yeah. I mean, and that guy, he was almost about to get laid in that movie and by not a bad looking girl. Yeah. And Jason fucked it all up. I know. Like with uh, like what he's, she said she was off to go change and everything. And poor Mark, uh, uh, Left, left with a hard on. <laughs> I mean, she probably didn't think about shaving her cooch, so maybe that's why she deserved to die. I mean, I'm, I can tell you for, uh, from the experience of a disabled man, when you finally get some pussy and then you're going down on it, and it's the goddamn jungle down there. You ain't a happy cripple. Yeah, <laughs> not at all. You ain't crippled. What are you talking about? <laughs> but uh. No, that that was a it was a great death scene to see his character uh, get stabbed in the face and then fall down backwards in his wheelchair. Oh yeah, um, that was that was brutal. <laughs> um, but yeah, part two, very awesome movie. Uh, you know, uh, real quick, and again, I don't want to focus too too much on you know these movies, but uh, Jason goes to hell. That 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 movie had balls. You know, maybe by today. Today's standards, it was a little, it's a little like tamer now, especially after you have movies like Hatchet or, you know, Dead Alive or Serbian film, you know, just to name a few yeah. of that's silly and serious. But um, at that time, because that, what, what year did that one come out? 93-ish? Uh, uh, I think it was 91. Okay. Or 91, 92. Yeah, something like that. I was in the ballpark, goddammit. Um. But I I, th- I thought that movie was awesome. You know, a lot of people had a big old problem because Jason was only in like 10, 15% of the movie, but I didn't have a problem with that. I thought it was an awesome horror movie. Yeah. Uh, are we talking about uh, Jason Goes to Hell or are we going to uh, um, Manhattan again? No, Jason Goes to Hell. Okay, that that was 93 then. You're, you're right. Okay. Uh, yeah, I mean, Jason was uh, in a lot more than 10, 15% of Jason Takes Manhattan. <laughs> that's that's why that's what was the giveaway. I was like, are we talk about, uh, never mind. Anyways, yeah, I, I talked to, I've talked to uh, Adam Marcus a few times and I said, you know what? I, I give you props for doing something different. And it, his response was, he said, I, he goes, if you want to see a typical Jason movie, there's one through eight. He goes, I wanted, I wanted to go a little bit off track. I wanted to, uh, be be daring and and God he was when he he blew up Jason. I was at the theater and he blew up fucking Jason in like the first scene, and my mouth literally was just like, like what the fuck did I just? This is the end of the movie. I didn't I didn't know what was uh, in store after that, but you know when you when you 
when you pay attention to the movie after, I'm like, I was totally intrigued, especially by the Creighton Duke character. I loved Creighton Duke. Mm-hmm. It's a shame that they didn't carry the Creighton Duke uh, character on, like in other projects. Well, breaking news. Uh, so Adam Marcus has discussed on doing a film about Creighton Duke. Really? Yes, but it's supposed to be a prequel if uh, if if he ever gets the funding for it. But uh, like kind of like his story on how he uh, came across Jason and like basically his story of, about himself and then about uh, his encounters with Jason because he actually he in the movie he seems to already know about Jason. So yeah. Yeah, so I, I I always wondered like like when when did they have a cross pass? So yeah, that's I mean it would be a good fun story to tell. Um, I mean it would it would be good to hold people over while this whole legal battle is going on with the franchise. Exactly. And I'm that's sure an, that that's another show for itself, by the way. Oh, to talk about the legal controversies of all that. Yeah, because that would take too long to talk talk about now. Yeah, um, but yeah, I don't think they because they wouldn't get in trouble. You could refer to Jason without maybe saying his full name or like you know they could do it. They could do a Creighton Duke storyline without getting caught up with legal battles and you know that kind of shit. So yeah, like Amy says, an an origin story. Yes, an origin story is what basically uh, Adam was referring to. Yeah. Um. Did Jason Goes to Hell get a lot of shit like that? Was that movie overall not well received? Uh, definitely not. It's still not to this day. But you know what? And I will go to bat for Adam Marcus because Adam's in a bunch of fan uh, groups too. He's he's part of one of my groups. And every time he sees somebody come down on it, he's one of the, actually the first people to 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 go to bat and defend his movie. And uh, you don't see that a lot in. Uh, the celebrities. Once in a while, you'll see this celebrity comment on something or that celebrity. But Adam Marcus is very vocal on uh, on uh, social media, and uh, so I give him kudos for like always sticking by his vision. That's awesome. That yeah. is really awesome. Now, I just had a thought. Um, compare just for a minute, Jason goes to hell to Wes Craven's New Nightmare. Now, obviously, Wes Craven's New Nightmare that was a way better original idea than Jason goes to hell. But if you think about it, they're both similar movies in the sense that they flipped their established franchises upside down. Exactly. Now, I love, I love the new nightmare too. So. See, I, I, the concept of Wes Craven's new nightmare is great, but as far as movies and, and how they were shot and the things that happen in them, I, I still like Jason goes to hell better, but that's just cause I like sick shit. I, I like <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, uh, Wes Craven's new Nightmare felt very classy, like maybe except for a couple of the gore scenes. But for the most part, there wasn't much in that movie that you can't show your family, for the most part, by today's standards. Yeah. Um, uh, the, the scene that always sticks out to me for New Nightmare is the uh, the scene with the babysitter in the room with uh, Dylan. And yeah. uh, Freddy's right behind him. Skin the cat scene, yeah. I love that 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 scene is so iconic, and it's actually almost a throwback to the scene of it is. when uh, when Tina gets killed in the original. Yeah, it's kind exactly. of a, it's a it's a nod to that. Yeah, definitely, it's that. Um, yeah, I mean, well, Freddie was so good looking in that movie. I know that sounds a little gay, but you know, <laughs> he was a good looking man in that movie. Hey, call me up, Freddie. You know what I'm saying? Um. But no, I, he was actually scary looking in that movie, you know? Um, in my opinion, Freddy was only scary in three Nightmare on Elm Street movies of the original franchise, and that's the first one, the second one, and Wes Craven's New Nightmare. And the other ones, he just he was just pop culture Freddy, you know? I agree. Uh, he became like the one-hit wonder, all the one-liners that he would come up with. You, yeah. would, you, would, you would always go to the movies waiting for that one-liner. Right, you would almost look forward to the one-liners just as much as the, the kills and all that shit. Uh, just like Amy just said, yeah, Hot Boy Freddy. That's what he is. He's Hot Boy Freddy. He should have been in a boy band. Well, I mean, that's why he did for, uh, what was it, uh, Friday the 3rd? No, Nightmare on Street 2. 
uh, the, you know, with all the, the people talk about all the gay references in that movie. Uh, so if you if you watch it again, just look for all the gay references. And and I'm I'm not coming down on gay people, so don't 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 be canceling me. But I'm just saying that even Mark Patton, who was the star of uh, Part Two, has talked about uh, being the first uh, male scream queen. So yeah. Amy, you're right. Freddy did have some hilarious one-liners in Freddy versus Jason. I can't. Why didn't we even bring that one into the mix? Um, we will in just a minute. But uh, yeah, I just. I also want to say I don't have a problem with uh, Nightmare on Elm Street Part Two. I think that's a good movie. It um, is. I've never been homophobic. I have gay friends. I have friends of all kinds of diverse categories. Um, and I'm ne not as a kid, teenager, and especially not as an adult. I don't have a problem with anything in Nightmare Part Two. I think that movie's pretty ballsy. No pun intended. It, it is ballsy. Um, and the the iconic scene at the pool will always be one of my favorite scenes. Now, see, I love scenes like that. Switching gears just for a moment. I don't know what you would call scenes like that, but I always called them orgy death scenes. You, yeah. you had it in Nightmare Part 2. You had it in the first two Wishmaster movies. It happened twice in the first Wishmaster movie. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and it happened in the boiler room in Hellraiser 3. It, yeah. I just love those scenes where it's just an orgy of fucking death just for a couple of minutes. Yeah. Um I would also say the lawnmower scene at the end of Dead Alive, Peter Jackson's Dead Alive, is probably another orgy death scene. Even though it's just a lawnmower squirting out a bunch of blood, I need yeah. to get that. I need to. They Screen Factory needs to release um, Dead Alive on Blu-ray. I mean, am I alone on that? No, not at all. I I, I would love to see a bunch of those. Uh, but you also forgot uh, Jason versus Freddy versus Jason. There was a scene when he's uh, killing people through the cornfields. Remember yes. when he, but that that that's the weakest one, though. Let's be honest. That lasted it, it, ten it seconds. Is. It is, but it's actually a very comical too. Like how it starts with the two stoners, and he turns around and Jason's just standing. And he's like, "Oh, good shit." <laughs> yeah. Um, and don't get me wrong. I love Freddy versus Jason. Um, a topic we'll talk about before the end of tonight's episode is, um. You know, Freddy versus Jason is one big wrestling angle. You know, it, it, yeah. <laughs> it, like, I actually have more respect for Freddy versus Jason now as an adult than I even did back in 03 when me and all my friends went and seen it in the theaters. Um, <coughs> it is, it's one big wrestling angle. That's, that's all it is. It has a beginning, it has a feud, it has a reason why they fight, and then you have a, a pretty satisfying two or three round fight between the two of them. And I think the way it all ended was pretty satisfactory for both ends, you know, no matter who, who you wanted to win. I, uh, my only gripe to that, to that movie is the scene when, uh, Freddie tries to expose Jason's weakness with water. And I'm sitting there going, uh, he's yeah. been in water. He's been in water through all these other movies. And why is all of a sudden he's afraid of it again? So. I agree with that. That was a huge <clears throat> pop-out scene. That I did not like that at all. There was a couple of things in Freddy vs. Jason I didn't like. I didn't like the choppy slow motion that they used in a couple of scenes. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. I hated that so much. That that did not age well at all. Um, I did not like the, the cop character that was trying to help them out. I did not like him at all. I thought he was the worst of all the actors. Mm -hmm. And he, you know he, what? He ne he never sold me as being like an authority figure. Right. He he came off as more like a, a, a campus uh, officer. Like, you know. Exactly. Exactly. Mall security or something. Like, he just, yeah, you're right. He just did not come out, come out like that, come off like a good officer or anything like that at all. Jesus. Um. Well, no, Freddy vs. Jason, a good movie. It's just some of the acting is kind of piss poor. You know, and even if you look at the acting from some of the other actors that had bigger parts, they stumble on their lines a little bit if you go back and watch it closely. Because I, when I first bought that movie on DVD, I watched it for every, almost every day for a year straight. Almost. So yeah. for a, a while there, I could literally, you know, speak every tiny little line in that movie word for word for a while there 
Um, and then I moved on to other things. And, you know, this is our debut episode. This is both of our shows, so I might as well just go ahead and say it on the show. My favorite movie of all time really is Army of Darkness. I know it's not everyone's favorite movie, but, you know. Uh, I, I love Army of Darkness. I, man, I love it. And I'm not going to spend the next half an hour talking about it, but goddamn, it is such a quick neck break pace movie that doesn't overstay its welcome. I'm talking about the theatrical version, of course, because I my personal preference is the theatrical version over the director's cut or anything else. But um, it's just a great movie. You know, it, it's part three of Evil Dead, but it's also a standalone film because he, they do a quick little recap in the beginning of the movie. So therefore you don't have to see the movies that come before it. So yeah, and I've got a quick little uh, army of darkness story. Okay. So, so when it came out at the theaters, um, I lived far away from the closest theater. Um, I kept finding like how much would it cost by a cab? How, how close could I get a bus to it? Well, the only bus that would go near there was maybe about, a six, seven mile hour mile walk. So I was like, do I really want to do this? And I was like, I, I watched part two again. And I was like, yeah, I want to do it. So next day I take the bus all the way to the farthest point. It goes, I asked the driver, I was like, what's the best way to walk from here? He tells me I get there before I left. He said, Oh, by the way, the last bus is in about three and a half hours. Now the, the movie is like almost two hours long. And the Army walk was the walk was the, yeah it's like hour and forty something minutes. Army of like, Darkness. But, yeah, but also with you think you got to think about all the coming attractions. Oh. Uh, yeah. Uh, welcome to this theater. Here's the popcorn guy and blah blah blah. So I'm thinking <laughs> to myself, am I am, am I going to be able to get home now? So I get out of the theater and I have bad. Le- I've always had bad legs. I'm sitting there trying to run as fast as I can. Because I'm looking at my watch, I got like 20 minutes to make like another three miles. <laughs> you look like you have bad legs. Yeah. Why? Why you want to see them? There you go. Yeah. The- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Those so, are bad looking legs. So I get. I'm. I'm like. I look at my watch. I got two more minutes. I'm still about half a mile away. I get there. The bus is literally pulling out. I'm screaming in the middle of like a like a deserted area except like a couple of homes. People are coming outside. Are you okay? Oh my and I'm like, God. I'm trying to catch the fucking bus. Well, someone like must have flagged down the bus and he stopped and he looked behind and there I am like pretty much dead to the world. And he, he drove me home. I fell asleep on the bus and uh, I, I missed my bus stop. So I had to walk from the last bus stop back to my home another two miles. Wow. But it that's was what, worth it. it yeah, was that's what I that's what I do for uh for uh, Ash. <laughs> it was Army of Fucking Darkness. And I mean now let me ask you this. Did you when you went into the theater about to watch the movie, were you aware that it was gonna have a completely different feel to it than our uh, our Evil Dead One and Two? I had I hadn't even seen the trailers. I I did see a couple TV spots, so I had a, a, an idea it was gonna be different. But um, Bruce Campbell is amazing. Um, I love a lot of things that he does. So I was like, no matter if this is different or not, I'm, I'm I know I'm gonna enjoy it. By the way, real quick, in a future episode, we got to get our buddy Amy and as a guest. Uh, it seems like she agrees with a lot of our points. She loves Army of Darkness. Good. I'm glad, Amy. Now I officially respect you. So, congrats. <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever had Amy on for one of your shows? Uh, no, but she's actually one of the people that promoted this show today. So. Oh, really? Thank you, Amy, so much. Do you want to also uh, promote my GoFundMe? Uh, she probably would, too. I Hey, I saw that she had 2,000-plus people on her friends list. I'm not going to lie. So when I... When I peeked at her profile, I first thing I thought was, huh, I wonder if she'll share my GoFundMe for me. <laughs> could be pretty amazing. <laughs> Amy, will you do that for me? I love you as a friend, that is. And acquaintance. <laughs> Nothing else. Oh, he said, sure, I'll, prom- I'll promote anything. After the show, don't worry, Rob, I will remember and I will remind you. After our broadcast, send her the link to my GoFundMe, please. 
Will do. Um, Will do. Thank you uh, so much, Jamie. But you, you earlier you were talking about how the Jason goes to hell was like a wrestling angle. So that no, no. kind of like a little segue. No. Not yet. No, Freddie versus Jason was a wrestling angle. Oh yeah, yeah. Freddie versus Jason was a wrestling. <laughs> angle. So that, so that's that's the little segue into what we were gonna talk about next, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, so for anyone who doesn't know, which you probably know by listening to us for the last thirty-five plus minutes, um, we are me and Rob are also wrestling fans. The interesting thing about this dynamic is Rob is much more of a WWE fan, while I, on the other hand, am much more of an AEW guy. So I'm sure in the coming months, we will have discussions slash debates about the products and what's good and what's bad. But tonight, what we actually want to talk about is the Dark Side of the Ring documentary series that I should have been caught up on all of this time, but I just uh, started giving it a chance. Um, and tonight we are going to briefly talk about the plane ride from hell, I believe it's called, that episode. Yep. Yes. So, Rob, I um, – oh, man, Amy loves me. I'm glad. It's at least someone loves me. My own mother doesn't even love me, so I'm, I'm – thank you, Amy. Anyway. And, she's a, and she's a wrestling fan, too. Oh, you're a wrestling fan, too, Amy. Get on our show. I love you. God. Anyway, um. Dark Side of the Ring. Uh, I uh, I I was blown away by how good that show was. Um, I can see why it gets the internet wrestling community riled up. I can see because you know they, Ric Flair was the fucking bad guy in that episode. Tell me your thoughts about it, Rob. Well, so I, I watched it because I knew I knew stories about it, but like you know they never really went into detail because. You know, it, it's always taboo to talk about what goes behind behind the scenes. But I, I kind of knew Ric Flair was kind of a, a playboy like that, but not to that extent. I never imagined in my whole life that he, he would just gradually just take his clothes off and walk over the ring. And what did Tommy Dreamer do, say? Swinging his dick around? Like, <laughs> like a helicopter. Yeah, like a helicopter, yes. I was could like, I was, I was blown away by that whole episode, just like you. Could you imagine how thick the dick of the nature boy must be if he can twirl it around like a fucking helicopter? Can you imagine? Well, that's, I guess that's why he calls it Space Mountain, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, now, with the exception of him uh, pushing himself onto a flight attendant, the concept of Ric Flair walking around naked in nothing but a robe, that I have to laugh at that. Like that concept alone is really funny to me. Um, just not the whole forcing yourself onto some stranger who doesn't want your nature boy cock in her face. Um, man, Tommy Dreamer got a lot of shit for his comments on the show. And I got to say, I don't agree with him being suspended just for saying his honest opinions about it. I don't either. I mean, everyone. There was a lot of other people talking about um, the, the the whole incident, and not just the Ric Flair one, but there was Mike Kyoto, the referee, was talking about it. And there was I think Jr. Mike, there was Jr. talking about it. So I mean, but Jr. made a, an interesting uh, comment about why didn't Ric Flair get any repercussions? He said because he's he's a made man, and anybody who knows that terminology, made man, it's a mafia term. So he, he's like untouchable, basically. And yeah. Well, you know, I, I think what the, the comment that did it for Tommy Dreamer, and, and again, I agreed what, with what he said here, but like he said, no matter if it was the husband's influence or not, the flight attendant decided to take the settlement money, the, 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 the payout or whatever the fuck it was. And yes, it sucks what happened to her. And I don't condone people doing that shit to people that's not consenting to it. Um, but at the same time, you took the payout. It was how many years ago? Almost 20 years ago. And yeah. I, I'm not saying it was her that made herself look like a victim. If anything, I think she was trying to make it clear like it was in the past and it is what it is. And she flat out said, like, I didn't feel like I was going to get raped 
but you yeah. know they were being quite uh, 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 crude towards me, and that's basically what she was saying. But the thing is, the way that the dark side of the ring uh, episode was set up is no matter what Flair and was, Flair was going to be the um, you know the the bad guy. Um, I'm really glad no one's been coming down on Scott Hall, but you know because it made it cl- they made it clear I think that he probably got H bombed, and that's yeah. why he. But shit, because if it wasn't for the H bomb thing, what yeah. did he do? He grabbed her, tore her short shirt off a little bit at the top, and then said that he was gonna do all kinds of nasty things to her. And I think he licked her her face, nasty boy style, not nasty yeah. boys, bushwhackers. Bushwhackers, yeah. Bushwhacker style. <laughs> but no, I don't, I don't condone, I don't condone, but uh, what happened, but. They were talking about the H bombs through the whole episode, how it was normal, and even I think it was Jarrah said that you didn't leave your drink unattended. That that was a that was a cardinal rule: never leave your drink unattended. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. Carrie Yates says it's hot chocolate time. Sure, just as long as you don't let no one H bomb you, I guess, right? Um, yeah. and Amy, Amy also except yeah. the Xbox the Xbox comment about Michael Hayes ponytail. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Michael Hayes was always known for having flamboyant uh, hair, and I remember when he had the uh, the ponytail because he was he was the a lot of people forget he was the original manager of the Hardy Boys, mm-hmm. and uh, you, he always showed off that ponytail. And I remember um, someone t- I think it was Scott Hall and Kevin Nash were always talking about how X Pac always wanted to be like that main event guy, always wanted to be like one of the head guys, and. I guess Xbox thought that was going to be his uh, his segue into becoming a main eventer, but all it did it piss with piss off Michael Hayes, who had a lot of stroke back then too. Mm. Yeah. Now, the one thing that people aren't talking about enough about that episode is the fact that who was it, Brock Lesnar, and who was it that he got in a fight with? They almost uh, Kurt, Kurt, Kurt Henning, Mister Perfect. Yeah, Kurt Henning and Brock Lesnar almost killed everybody on the fucking plane because they they rammed into the fucking emergency door. Yep, they hit the emergency door, and I guess they were close to actually hitting the switch. And that's when all the all the wrestlers jumped up because they were the wrestlers. They were watching this whole fight until the emergency door, and then that's when they got up. I'm thinking to myself, who's in control of these animals? Like. And and why is Vince and Linda that who were they were on the plane right Vince Linda and Jr they were yeah. on the plane? why no none of them are getting any heat like they they knew what was going on they heard, had to have heard it in the moment like why didn't uh, no one's getting shit for not stopping it you know it's just like oh we're on a plane it's an eight hour delay and the boys will be boys that's how it was back then you know uh-huh. like. I don't know who's uh, rabbit in red today, but it says, "Hey guys, commenting on YouTube. Guess it's not going through." It could be, it could be Michael. It could be John. Maybe John Rhodes is on there. Or... No, I doubt. Doubt. I doubt John Rhodes is allowed to uh, join us tonight. His wife. He needs permission from his wife. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that that whole that whole fight scene and Linda. You're right. Linda and Vince got no repercussions at all. Obviously, because Vince owns the company, but. Um, there should have been, there should have been a lot of, uh, I think they said the FBI was waiting for them when, uh, they all exited the plane and oh, wow. why, yeah. Why the, why the FBI didn't do anything about the, the chaos on the, on the plane? Because e- even the little things that were going on, like Ric Flair, that's endangering a flight. Um, and, and like if me and you did that, God, we're going to jail forever. I'd be committed but, to the, the, the mental ward, the, the one with the wheelchair ramp. <laughs> but I mean, I, I, what I would say is that they, they wouldn't, they wouldn't even listen to us. You know, the, oh, you were you were naked on a plane. You were H bombing people. You were uh, fighting on the plane where everybody could die. And yet nothing came out of it on Vincent Linda's part. Yeah. You know, and I'm looking at the comments and Amy just reminded me, yeah, Goldust was just singing love songs. What did he get? Uh, he, out of all of them that could have wrongfully got suspended or fired or whatever, it was definitely Dustin Rhodes, right? Yep. 
like, oh, big deal. He was puking on some of the seats or whatever, and he was singing love songs. He didn't force himself on a flight attendant. He didn't, right? He, he didn't honestly, do anything. Honestly, of every story that came off of that, I actually felt bad for him because, you right. know, him, him and Cherry were going through the, the divorce at that point. And right. he was he was singing to her really, and uh, yeah, Jr. was uh, Jr. was like, uh, yeah, you need to shut up about that now. And I'm like, okay, you're telling him to shut up, but you're not doing anything when Ric Flair is strutting around with his penis all over the place. Well, and again, it was just all about who was the money maker and who wasn't at the time. But again, if Tommy Dreamer is going to get in trouble for his comments, Jr. said some ignorant shit in that documentary as well about just you know, well, Flair was made. Well, I'll try to say it like how he says it. Well, Flair was my man, and I just I don't know what to tell you. I from that. That's a good impression. I, I'm good old Jr. You know, I'm talking AEW best moment of my career. You know, I'm talking that barbecue chicken. Jr. Yeah. Right. <laughs> oh, by the way, we figured out who Rabbit and Red was. It was Aaron Poe. It was Aaron. Aaron, you know, just be yourself, buddy. If there's one thing our mamas ever taught us when we were growing up, is be proud of who we really are. Don't, don't pretend to be someone you're not, Aaron. You understand what the fuck I'm saying to you? God damn it. Um, uh, but before we end this uh, topic of this, um, the next episode I kind of want to watch too. Uh, they just released it. It's the Chris Canyon story. You remember Chris Canyon from WCW? Is that the guy that, who would say, who's better than Canyon? Is that yeah, him? yeah, yep. Yeah. Uh, so sp- supposedly it's a really sad story. Like, I haven't watched it yet, but I'm interested in all those uh, past stories. I think I'm going to watch the New Jack episode. I, if there was one wrestler that intrigued me growing up, it was fucking New Jack. Because he just came off as a goddamn criminal. I, I got New Jack's autograph years ago. Did you? And he <laughs> yeah, didn't I went to, you open? No, I was uh it was at Revere, Massachusetts at this little like Greyhound Park. And whenever they did tours, they always you know, they couldn't ever sell out the big arenas, so they'd always have bingo halls and this was at a Greyhound Park where they had like live Greyhound racing. Mm-hmm. And uh the ceiling was so low that anyone who went to the top rope like like Van Dam they couldn't even do the whole five star frog splash because he actually hit the top of the uh, the uh, um, ceiling at one point. So wow. he, yeah, uh, that's how small this place was. Anyways, New Jack was fighting uh, uh, who was it? Uh, uh, Perry Saturn that night, and wow. uh, yeah, that was, and that was a great fight. But after I saw him going over to the bar, like they would just walk around like regular people. They weren't like, oh, I'm gonna go back to the locker room and. And go home and everything. No, they would hang out for the matches. So he went right. over to the uh, he went over to the cash concession, and I was like, "Hey, I got that on him." So I paid for <laughs> New Jack some beer. Oh wow! <laughs> yeah. So he was like, "Hey, hey, that's that's, that's cool, man. You're a cool, motherfucker." <laughs> <laughs> and I and I never thought I would like someone call me a cool motherfucker, but from New Jack, damn, that was a fucking compliment. Yeah, that is. Um. I mean, back in the late 2000s, early 2010s, you know, TNA was still a thing. And they were really small house shows anywhere that they could. And one of the places they were doing house shows was uh, around where I live in Youngstown, Ohio. um, Where they were doing at the uh, Eastwood Expo Center. So I guess that's Niles. Uh, That was right by the Eastwood Mall. And that too, that, that the ceiling was so fucking low that, uh, for an example, they had Prince Puma, I think his name was, and it, it, his finishing move at the time was like a, um, like a fr- not a frog splash, but a, um, what's the move that they jump up in the air and flip upside down? What, what is that called? Oh, it, a, um, shooting is it star. Like a, yeah, shooting star press. Yeah, well, he couldn't do that from the top rope. At, the, at this place because again like you stand on the top rope and you can basically repair the light bulbs up there or something so he had to do like a modified version of a, of a, a shooting star press off the second turnbuckle and it was it was weird that whole show was weird um, yeah I, I remember the thing i remember most about tna is they had so many storylines changing often 
And uh, but I, I loved I loved before they brought in Hogan and Bischoff. I I, I like that era better with uh, yes. AJ as AJ Styles as the main guy. And because I'm a, anybody who knows me knows I'm a huge AJ fan. Yeah. Um. And they uh, man, what? They, right before Hogan and Bischoff came in, it was 2010, right? And yeah. uh, they had that one final pay-per-view where they put Daniels, AJ Styles, and Samoa Joe in that three-way. It was like it was them part two because they did it before back in 05 at that unbreakable pay-per-view. And yeah. that's still I, – that, I still consider that one of the greatest wrestling televised matches ever. It doesn't matter if it was in TNA. Um, okay. And if I – if I remember correctly, they they did a a great part two to that, and to me, I kind of saw it as like a send off. Like, okay, you give the fans what they want one last time because starting in a couple of weeks, Hogan and Bischoff will be here and they're taking over, and that's what happened. They took away the six sided ring, they brought in all their buddies, and nothing yeah. against nothing against guys like Mister Anderson or anything like that because I thought he was really entertaining, but still, like they brought in. I remember that first pay per view. I think it was Genesis 2010. I think yeah. that was the first pay-per-view under the Hogan Bischoff regime. And it just was not TNA. They had a, they went back to the four sided ring. It, the, the match pace was slowed down. It just was not TNA. I felt like I was watching WWE and yeah, well, from then on out. Go ahead. Well, what, what I saw was I saw WCW all over again. And yeah. you know, before the, before the whole NWO angle, and I will never say anything bad about the NWO. I thought that was great, but as soon as it got way too big, that bringing this guy in, bringing this guy in, bringing Bret Hart in, that's exactly what TNA. It, it, it reminded me totally of is the whole where we need to be bigger. We need to be bigger. Why? Samoa Speaking of Crystal Daniels, I'll just say one of the most underrated wrestlers of all time or not the, the, real quick um you know because amy in the chat is talking about mr anderson i loved his asshole gimmick you know he, yeah. he called himself an asshole the people the crowd popped for it then he started referring to his fans as his assholes it was so fucking great that was one of my most favorite gimmicks of the 2010s and let me say hi to hi crystal i see you there Hello, Crystal. And, Thank you for joining us. Um, also, one more thing about Mr. Anderson is um, I, the guy was cocky as hell, and he sold his character so well. Um, for everything from the ring entrance to his swag. I mean, he really I, – I, I thought he was another one that's very underrated that didn't get enough respect. Yeah, definitely. Um, and before we move on from this little topic, I would just like to say – in my best Vince Russo impression. Hulk Hogan, you bald-headed son of a bitch! Kiss my ass! <laughs> I remember that. I remember that night, too. I remember I, that uh, him and Jarrett, we were about to hook up, and then all of a sudden, Jeff Jarrett just falls down, lays down, and I'm sitting there going, that, it, 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 did he, all, all I could think about is, did he just sell out to Hogan? But it wasn't a sellout. It was a whole, like, a real angle going on. Where, mm -hmm. yeah, and then Vince Russo comes out and makes that illustrious speech, and I swear that I think CM Punk got a little uh, hint of how to throw a a promo from yeah. that Vince from that Vince Russo promo. Definitely, um, and you know that that is one of my most favorite pay per views, but for all the wrong reasons. That pay per view is the best train wreck you can watch in sports entertainment. Yeah, but they, that they, but that match with Booker T and Jarrett was lights out. Yes, that was an amazing match, a great ending. Yeah. Bash at the Beach, uh, two thousand, I believe it was. If if any yeah. of you who are watching, listening, whatever, still has Peacock, uh, go watch that pay per view. It's got to be still intact completely on that. It's it's a great show. It's uh, for all the wrong reasons, but it is fun to watch. But you know. By well, Rob, you ain't gonna agree with this, but by today's WWE standards, that Bash of the Beach 2000 is actually a pretty damn good show in all actuality. No, I I agree. I agree with that. Um, who was I it? That, I, I don't. I'm, I can it? be I can be critical of WWE too. So yeah, who was it that was in that birthday cake match? I that in that pay per view, and he got naked. Was it Chris Canyon or was it someone else? 
Oh God, that's a good question. You caught me off guard. Um, I don't know. Let's ask Amy. Amy, you're you're the wrestling fan too. Yeah, Amy. Do you, do you know, do you know <coughs> that, who that guy was? Because I remember they had a birthday cake match, but it was a ladies' match. But then the guys got in there and they started getting naked for some reason, rolling around in the cake, and it's like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> well, but, she said, as far as Peacock, it's uh, that is still on there. She said. Good. I'm glad something's still intact on Peacock. God knows if there was an angle on that show where someone was dressed up in blackface or something, you know, the whole show would be off Peacock, but I digress. Well, Roddy Piper did the, the blackface once. Yeah, but isn't that isn't that completely off of the network, that segment at least, I believe? Uh, is, I think, no, it was a match. It was uh, WrestleMania 6? No. Six? Was it six? Yeah, no, uh, 6 or 7. It was against... Uh, Bad News Brown. Yeah, but you know what? And, and I tell people this all the time. If you just go back and watch his promos instead of just looking like how he was dressed up as, he wasn't being racist. He was actually doing the point of it didn't matter if you are white or black. What matters yeah. is who you are on the inside. Yeah. But, yeah, Amy doesn't remember. That's okay. That was a very – I mean, when the fuck did you ever see a, a second birthday cake match on televised wrestling, right? So I don't blame you for not remembering that shit. <laughs> but anyway, Rob, I don't think we can get any higher than that subject uh, on wrestling. So I think we're going to call that an episode for tonight. Is there any final thoughts, any final things that you want to talk about before we I go? Just, I just want to thank everybody who joined our debut episode. Um I'm 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 actually surprised we got as many people as we did. Um, not because it's not going to be a great show, just because it's brand new. Nobody knows this yet, so uh, I don't know about Cody, but I I thank everybody. What do you want to say, Cody? Uh, you don't know about Cody? No, I, what, what, I I'm not. I didn't know. I didn't know. I didn't know about your what you wanted to say about it though. Oh, I thought you were accusing me of not wanting to thank people for joining us. Of course, no, I want to. No. I want to thank everyone that came in. I don't remember all your names, but Crystal, Amy, uh, Aaron, who for some reason has an identity crisis tonight. Uh, <laughs> Amy, I want to ex uh, thank you especially because I know you're going to be sharing my GoFundMe. Thank you so much for that, buddy. Um, and, uh, man, yeah, uh, I think we're, we'll be back sometime in October. Just in case anyone wants to know, this is going to be a monthly show. Uh, this yes. isn't be a weekly show like other shows that's obviously running out of steam um but um yeah we will be back let's see sometime in october we're going to try to do an episode before halloween and in october um and then uh i'm not i don't want to spoil it on tonight's uh debut episode but we had discussed watching a certain movie on tubi before uh we, so we could talk about it but we didn't get to that so we just talked about other things but on our next episode Let's talk about that movie. It looks like Bash at the Beach 2000 train wreck kind of movie. So we're going to we're gonna check that out. Uh, uh, but not in a bad way. It looks like an, an entertaining film. I want to give a quick shout out also to uh, Aaron for our, our cool Crossing the Streams logo. I yes, love that. Aaron, thank you so much. But I have to say, why the fuck did you put me on the left and him on the right when the name Rob is on the left and I'm on the right? Like, what the fuck? <laughs> Aaron, fix that for me, please. God damn it! Just I don't think you. I, I don't think he can fix it because didn't Mike say that he already had T-shirts already made up? I don't fucking care about the T-shirts. You can. There's a such thing as revised T-shirts and all that. True. I mean, true. True. Christ, NXT relaunched as NXT 2.0. Just give me the fucking 2.0 version of of this background. I love it, except for the fact that I'm on the wrong side. Damn you, Aaron. Oh, and. and and I have I have uh, Cripple Cody's uh, hands too. Oh yeah, you do kinda, and I and I'm so embarrassed about my hands on the artwork. I'm wearing gloves, I guess. I don't. Know. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for joining us on the debut edition of Crossing the Streams with Robin Cody. Man, this flew by, a fucking hour long, and it flew by. It yeah, it's not like uh, Rabbit and Red Radio or or Tales from the Crips. Yeah, that has to be going on for hours upon hours and hours and every single week. And, oh, people really want to pay attention to that. Yeah. <laughs> Next month, October, probably somewhere in the 20s of October, we will be back. Um, but in all seriousness, 
all of our people who uh, was with us tonight, share this with your friends. Tell us, tell people about it. Uh, suggest for people and encourage people to join with us. We will interact with everyone who wants to talk about anything nerdy or geeky or entertainment-wise with us. Yeah. And so, uh, we, we will probably have guests in the future at some point. Like we can't promise for next month, but in the future, we definitely, if you guys want to be part of this, shoot me or Cody a message and, uh, hey, we'll, we'll, we'll uh, bring you on the show sometime. Yeah, uh, maybe our first guest should be Amy since, you know, she's she's going to sh share my GoFundMe and all. True. And uh, I'll, Amy, I'll send you uh, my link to my GoFundMe. I promise I will not send any dick pics or anything like that. I'm not that type of guy. You don't have to worry about it. You wouldn't be able to see it anyway unless you enlarge the picture, and then you'd have to squint because you'd get a headache. Anyway, we're going to end the show on that. <laughs> Thank you, everyone, for joining us tonight. We will see you sometime in October for Episode 2. Bye. Much, much love. Yeah, I love you. I love you, Rob. Love you. Until next time, this is producer Mike saying goodnight from Crossing the Streams with Rob and Cody. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You, too, could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18-plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner.